Hello and welcome back to another episode of Making It. My name is Mirabel. I'm your host, and on today's episode, we're switching gears a little bit. We've had some amazing musicians, Kat McDowell, Marie, Kevin Garrett, and uh, though he's also a musician himself, today we have Dunna, D-U-N-N-A, and uh, we talk about his transition from doing music full-time as a producer, as an audio engineer, owner of a recording studio, into doing YouTube full-time. He has a YouTube channel called Dunna Did It, and uh, it's a it's a pretty small channel, only like 171,000 subscribers. <laughs> so yeah, we talk about his transition from doing music full-time to YouTube, where he does photography, video, editing tutorials, as well as camera gear reviews, and uh, I think it was, it was pretty cool to get to meet and talk to Dunna because it seems like we have some very similar interests. Music, we're both musicians, we both produce, we both record, and I'm also super interested in video and I do photography work as well, so it was really exciting to get to chat with him, albeit virtually. We also touch on NFTs. I still know nothing about NFTs, but it seems to be taking over the world lately, so we get into that just a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Donna is a fellow Canadian, fellow Albertan, and I feel like that is the most important point to make. But yeah, anyway, I'll leave all of Donna's socials in the description. And uh, yeah, you should go subscribe to his YouTube channel if you're into video and photography or cats. He has an adorable cat named Cubert. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can leave a comment on his newest video and say that I sent you from making it. That could be fun. Also, if you want to get involved with the podcast, you can sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash mirabellegen, and you'll be the first one to know who I'm inviting onto the podcast, and you can leave your questions for them there. You can also get a look into what I'm making, music projects and my compositions, and you get early access to all of that sort of thing. There's a monthly live hangout that I do on there as well, so if you want to hang out, say hello, feel free to join Patreon. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode with Dunna, and if you do, leave a comment, leave a review, like and subscribe on YouTube, just let me know what you think, and uh, I think that's it. I hope you enjoy. I guess the first question I have is uh, something that you probably have mentioned a billion times, but why or how did you start YouTube? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, the, the story that I always give, which is, I mean, I shouldn't say it like that because then it sounds like it's not the truth. The truth <laughs> is that, uh, I've been a music producer for, uh, coming up on 15 or so years now. Uh, I am part owner of a recording studio here in Edmonton. Um, and I've been doing music and production and recording and mixing and all that kind of stuff for a long time. And, really it just kind of like started to feel a little bit a little bit more like work than like being creative kind of thing and there are creative aspects to that obviously um but like you know clients that come in they put their money down on the table they tell me what they want and i deliver on that so it didn't it didn't feel like any of it was like my kind of project or anything like that and i didn't feel I didn't feel inspired at the end of the day to try and make my own projects, you know, at the end of a, a long eight or nine hour day or whatever in the studio. I didn't want to like be like, okay, all my clients are gone by I'm going to work on my own mm -hmm. stuff now. Uh, like maybe I would have when I was a, a younger man. <laughs> um, and so then uh, I started to get into photography 
Uh, I started to find uh, videographers that I, I like to follow on uh, on YouTube and that kind of thing, and thought, you know what? What if I what if I pick up a camera? What if I try this whole vlogging thing? Mostly just from a a standpoint of like it looked like there were a lot of there was a lot of like crossover in the skills that I already have with the skills the skills that I already had with the skills that I would need to be able to do that. So it was kind of a like I think I could do that just as good as these people are doing that kind of thing. And so then it became this like this test to see if I could. Um, so I picked up my first camera and and kind of started blogging just like out of a like just a want for some kind of creative outlet that wasn't tied to my work. And then, of course, you know, uh, things things kind of morphed uh, for, for anyone that doesn't know my channel. It's now primarily about cameras, photography, videography, uh, gear reviews and tutorials and that kind of stuff. It's it's fairly um, educational, whereas it started out as this kind of like lifestyle vlogging type thing where I would just like we go to Ikea and like my wife and I were buying a couch and I would film that and like. <laughs> that that was the whole video you know so it, it did kind of morph from this lifestyle thing into a more educational kind of thing which I'm, I'm totally happy about and then also i ended up turning it into uh my my full-time work now uh which has been really interesting and and it is it does feel different than kind of what i was talking about before with the whole like a answering to clients thing because i really don't have that now whatever video i feel like making I make and if somebody wants to be a sponsor on that video great and if they don't I'll just make it anyway you know like it's uh it's a bit of a different dynamic than what I was used to with uh with the studio side of things that's awesome I think uh we will get into I do want to ask about the sponsoring sponsorships and the branding brand deals later um but yeah do you think that like these the tutorial space the gear reviews do you think that space is now kind of getting oversaturated or anything not really i think there will be a, a kind of a constant turnaround and i think that there's i think that there's a lot of room for for more people and stuff i think that like the the realistic look at it is that nobody goes and watches one review and makes their decision based on that. True. Or, or I should say very few people do it that way. Like, I think there are a couple of people out there that maybe like, well, go watch what MKBHD says about the tech and then just buy whatever, he, <laughs> you know, if, if it seems like he's into it, then like buy it kind of thing. But mm -hmm. I think for the most part, people are looking for a variety of opinions and they're and they're deciding based on what they think of you as a as a reviewer whether they should take you seriously or not and that kind of thing and so i think that there's lots of space for for lots of people in in that space and and it's it's a cool space to be in too because it's not really like a competition because of that exact same thing like nobody's like oh i'm gonna watch either the dunna video or the chris brockhurst video or yeah it's like they can watch both as long as they have the time to do it like true. they might pick one or the other to watch first but in the end it's not like it's not like once they've watched my video they like are blocked out from somebody else's video so it doesn't it's not really like it's not really competitive in that way where it's mm -hmm. it's one or the other it just is like kind of the the only competitive part of about it is like trying to trying to make the best videos you can so that they get recommended and and that kind of stuff above 
maybe some other people in the in the YouTube algorithm, which is is a whole other game on its own, <laughs> other than making videos. Yeah, because I was well, because I was thinking kind of in terms of how that and music covers are like nowadays. Because like when when Sony drops a new camera or when Apple announces a new product, and you if you follow tech or camera people on YouTube, Instagram, whatever, like, the day something drops, every single post is, like, about this new product. <laughs> That's a really interesting thing, too. A whole a whole other can of worms. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I thought that was kind of similar to maybe how back in the day when YouTube kind of first started and musicians were posting covers. Um, it was kind of like, if a new song dropped, um, then youtubers would cover these songs and like the next day or yeah. within the week and then so if anybody searches that song then their video would show up next to it and they'd get their views that way <laughs> totally but, yeah yeah and i mean that's that's really the the parallel there is the the search engine mm -hmm. of youtube you know and and any any of the the youtube gurus will tell you like youtube is a search engine first kind mm -hmm. of thing and so that's both on the tutorial gear review side of things and on the music cover side of things, people use those as a way to get the exposure for their passion projects. You know, yeah. like those, those people who are doing cover songs, it's probably not their passion to just play <laughs> covers for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. But if they can get the audience from doing the covers and then slip in an original every once in a while that they've all, if they've already got a built in audience for it, uh, then that can be that can be beneficial for them for sure. Yeah. Now it's not really like that anymore though. <laughs> oh no. I, I've I haven't been in the music world for a while, but I remember yeah. back in the day I had one client who wanted to do he he managed to get like a, a leaked copy of it was this like Casey Veggie's song. And he was like he was convinced like it was gonna blow up. And so he was like, he wanted me to do a remake of the beat. So I, I fully reproduced, like from scratch, from the ground up, reproduced this whole beat so that he could do his like his cover or whatever you want to call it. Like he, in the rap world, you write your own lyrics for it. So it's mm. not necessarily a cover, but um, he wanted to do it on that beat. And so I put out this this beat as just like an instrumental, literally like... 15 minutes after the actual song got released oh wow and that was i put it out on youtube and for a while there this was this was before i i really like started doing videos on my channel and it mm. was like my my most viewed video for quite a while and and kind of blew up just a while blew up in in terms of the size of my channel at the yeah. time which was like 63 subscribers or something <laughs> like that so i was getting like hundreds of views and i was like wow this is this is crazy like That's this awesome. is nuts yeah is that video still there <laughs> uh i don't know maybe i don't really like delete things i think i archived a few a few things that maybe didn't age so well mm. but, uh, and maybe took off some of my old music stuff but i think there's definitely some up there there's like a, awesome. a, a Nick Jonas cover that I did way back in the day and shot all on iPhones you could do like an iPhone comparison video i I tell myself that I need to do that all the time, literally just because it's 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 such a great search term. And like all my like all the people in, in my in the camera space end up doing these iPhone 
comparison videos or iPhone photography videos, and they all just blow up. But yeah. I don't actually do it, so it feels <laughs> like lying. Like I don't. The only photos that I take on my phone are generally like of my cat, little selfies of me and my wife, or something like yeah. that. And so then, like I don't, I don't actually like doing like iPhone photography. And mm-hmm. so it, it feels a little bit weird to, to go do that. It is really cool. And when I, when I do try and do it, it's like, it's super powerful and the cameras are amazing now, but yeah, it's, uh, I kind of, I, I struggle <laughs> with that one all the time. Cause I'm like, this is a good idea. And then I'm like, but I can't do it. <laughs> I feel, I have so many of those moments of like people make, I mean, again, like more in the music world, but People are making TikTok videos of like remixing sound effects and then put making it into a song sort of thing. I'm like, I could do that. I I, I kind of want to do that, and I just don't do that. <laughs> I've never done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I see some of those too. I follow somebody that did a series of like bird sounds or something <laughs> like that. People would suggest these birds, different types of birds, and she would just go Google these bird sounds and then sample them and turn them into these crazy beats. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, she was nuts. I think she blew up because she got featured in like a Casey Neistat video or something oh, really? like that at one point. <laughs> she like she tweeted and was just like, hey, if Casey, if you need crazy beats, like hit me up and he like legit did. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you come up with video ideas then for your YouTube? Honestly, I mean, nowadays with with the built-in audience, nowadays it becomes reasonably obvious because uh, they'll be asking for things. But also it's just kind of like whatever I'm into at the time or like, again, nowadays, like there are companies that reach out to me and say, hey, we have this new product do you want to check it out? Like we'll send you one or we'll loan you one or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. And so then I just kind of like, I follow whatever's happening at the time. And if there's, if there's nothing happening, then I just look in the comments and like, see what people are, see what people are asking for. And, or if I happen to be like, right now I'm on this like capture one, uh, photography editor kick. And so like, I'll probably start doing a bunch of capture one tutorials because I'm, I'm learning a lot about it. And so then I'm just, all I have to do is like, learn something, put it in, put it in words and relay it to my audience. And, uh, as long as I, as long as I feel, you know, comfortable enough with what I've learned to, to feel like I can kind of teach it, then Mm -hmm. I have no problem doing that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of usually where it comes from. Whatever's inspiring me lately. Do you still do, because you have this, like, Ken Dunna Do It series, right? Is that still happening? (laughs) Uh, I mean, it was supposed to be, originally it was supposed to be once every quarter that Mm. I was going to do one of those. Once every three months. Um, And I did two of them. And then I think, actually, I still have time in quarter quarter four here. to hit to <laughs> hit my once get, per quarter get on it <laughs> I'd, I'd like to do i'd like to do more of them mm-hmm. um but uh it's it seems like every once in a while like products kind of get in the way and those are videos that that do really well so it's this weird balance of like videos that i think are are cool ideas versus videos that are going to actually perform really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now, you know, at the start of 2020, I went full-time YouTube. So all of a sudden there was like a little bit more weight on videos that I think are going to perform well. Yeah. Um, 
and I never do a video just because I think it'll perform well. Like I, I it has to be something that I'm into as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of those, some of those kind of like passion projects that I think are, are cool ideas, but maybe aren't as searchable or something like that. Um, those, those kind of get backburnered just, just a little bit. The first one was really fun. I did the, uh, what was it called now? The, uh, Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah. I tried to recreate, uh, uh, the lighting and the look and the color grade of a, of a scene from Queen's Gambit. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And the feedback that I got on it was really cool, but it didn't, it didn't get like a whole bunch of, whole bunch of views. And especially when I'm, I'm trying to pitch that series to sponsors and stuff so that it can be a, a passion project that also uh, pays the bills and such. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's tough to do that when I have a couple of videos out in that series that aren't maybe performing as well as some of my gear reviews. And and so, I, you know, if I approach somebody with that and I say like, hey, check out these videos, they're really cool. And they're like, but these ones look like they're performing better. <laughs> so like, can we sponsor one of those instead? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting balance to try and play. I'd like to do more of them. And, uh, and there is a, a, a spot on my website where people can give me those challenges they can go fill out a form and and challenge me to try try something so uh if anybody has any any great ideas i go through there every once in a while and uh, and check for new ideas so cool we'll definitely link that <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> but how did you come up with that idea of this whole series i mean wow it just I'm happened to... <laughs> yeah i think it, i think it I think it did. I think it was I think it was just something where thinking about how how my channel started and you know I was talking earlier about me just saying like I bet you I could do that as good as <laughs> XYZ YouTuber can do that kind of thing. And that's kind of like just something that my brain does all the time is like can I can I do that? I I bet you I could if I worked hard enough or if I learned enough or if I had the right equipment or what whatever it happens to be and so then this this idea of these like challenges just kind of it felt pretty natural i don't know that there was a a legitimate catalyst (laughs) for like what started it i was just like oh it'd be cool to do a series where i take on challenges which is a very like youtube thing too (laughs) i think like you you see all these like mr beast challenges and Mm -hmm. even like uh some of my favorite like travel youtubers like kara and nate it's like they constantly seem to be turning their travels into challenges like they're not just going to wyoming they're going to wyoming to compete in some kind of marathon or something Mm. like that like it's this it's this uh it it should be great for the algorithm because it's you're you're constantly waiting for the for the entirety of the video to find out if the person can accomplish what they set out to accomplish at the start yeah Maybe I just haven't figured out how to how to nail that one yet, or I just need to do more of them. And <laughs> I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would go okay. It seems like a good idea for, like, ser- like a yeah for video ideas and stuff. Yeah, and I think too one thing that I've noticed on my channel is that when I deviate from what people are used to, it takes time for things to catch on. Mm. So if I'm doing a bunch of gear reviews and tutorials and that kind of stuff, and all of a sudden I do something that's kind of a different format, it doesn't always it doesn't always grab right away. But like if I go forward with it and do like ten videos of that style, so people get used to it, and then like we'll come back or go from number ten and start to look through for other ones of that same thing, then um, it, it might kind of catch on. 
it's, yeah. it's tough to know, but I think that's, that's part of it too, is being kind of consistent with it. Yeah. Cause, um, like John, John Hill, he's got his own John Hill YouTube channel and then progress daily progress daily has been like the skateboard, more skateboarding. And then John Hill has been, he's transitioning into more like art stuff, the drawing yeah. stuff like and then his cartoons and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but he like, he recently switched, he decided to switch the content on the channels, I think. And so, and he's been saying that like it, his channels have been dead for a little bit, like this transition period, it's going to take a little bit for, for things to start rolling again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's true. I think he's, and he's switched it up a couple of times throughout yeah. the history. I've, I haven't watched a lot of John Hill lately, but I used to, I used to watch a lot of his skateboard stuff back in the day. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, awesome. it's, uh, he's, he's done some, some switches and, <laughs> and he's always playing with new styles and that kind of stuff. And just whatever, it seems like whatever he's interested in the, at the time, which yeah. is a great way to do YouTube, I think. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that you're a pretty self-motivated person then? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm self-motivated, but I'm also uh, easily distracted, I guess, <laughs> maybe like... by my own self-motivation. I, uh, <laughs> I, ha I get a lot of like, it's like I'll, I'll go a week where I have all the ideas and then I'll go a week where I have no ideas. Yeah. Or I go a week where I have all the motivation and then the next week I have none of it, even though I've got so many things to do from my previous week of motivation. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel so that. It's, it's, it's on and off. But yeah, it's nothing. Nothing is really like pushing me to do the things I get. I also <laughs> get motivated by deadlines. If I have th projects that I kind of like have promised would be done at a certain time or whatever, then that motivates me as well. <laughs> yeah, that kind of brings that question of from one of my patrons, Daniel, how do you get stuff done? Like, is it disciplined versus last minute? And I guess you kind of answered that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, uh, hey, Daniel, uh, for <laughs> me, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a mix. Like, when I do like, clean the studio and pull out my notebook and, and get get stuff written down and, and organized, then there's like a, a certain amount of discipline to it. But I would say a good 60% of the time, it's this crazy last minute. <laughs> I need to have something up for Monday. That's like something that I promised myself a long time ago that I would, I would try and mm. do this weekly thing and really stick to it. So there's like the self-discipline of making that promise and like kind of, and, and being, structured enough to stick to it but there's also like the the panic mode of like of being motivated by the deadline itself so yeah. it's uh if if you can be someone who is is gets it done via structure which i know that there are people out there like that i highly recommend going that way because it'll be a lot easier on your uh your mental and physical health mm -hmm. um but uh but yeah it's i think it's a little bit different for for every creator yeah, I personally, I've tried being consistent with some YouTube music video sort of things. And like the longest I could go is maybe a month or two of like weekly, yeah. week, putting stuff out weekly. And so I, I think I've just been like trying to explore different ways of of posting, of trying to keep things consistent-ish and like trying yeah. to gain some sort of traction with that. But it's just, it's so hard. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, life life gets in the way. 
and uh, and and trying to stick with it and and coming up with good ideas all the time is is tough and it's yeah. uh yeah it's it's a weird weird thing and like you know for example when I went when I went full time I thought for sure this is going to now I'm not as worried about my other job which is now like just a part time thing so I've got more time I'm going to I'm going to be able to ramp it up. I'm going to be able to do two videos a week. And like that just like never happened Just <laughs> for whatever reason. It just because things get in the way or, or, you know, scheduling is hard or coming up with ideas is hard or whatever it happens to be. Um, and I think partially because I, I started to get pickier about how my videos turned out. I'm still just, I'm still just at one video a week. I think mm -hmm. my videos are a lot better now. Uh, because I have more time to like think about them and that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a hard thing. Like, and, and it's an important thing. Like that consistency, I think was the thing that every, every, you know, YouTube guru, uh, harps on like crazy is, is making sure that you're as consistent as you possibly can be, whatever that means to you. Um, and so that was why I kind of made that promise in at the start to myself was like, I'm, for a year, I'm going to just try and post for once a week. And I did that. And then the next year, I just kind of kept going, you know, I re-signed that contract with myself <laughs> and, and managed to make it, I think, two years with only like maybe a week or two where I, I didn't post a video. And nice. usually I would try and make it up by doing a double or something like that <laughs> so that I didn't feel bad about myself <laughs> <laughs> nice which is like isn't to say that anyone should feel bad about themselves if they don't hit their <laughs> deadlines that's just the inner workings of dana and that's uh i don't necessarily recommend you be that hard on yourself but it works for me <laughs> that's kind of what happens if i set goals for myself if, if i don't meet my goals then i get really down on myself about it and so i don't really tend to like setting goals <laughs> yeah that's a that's a tricky balance to play and that can that can weigh on on anybody a lot and and i think that you know mental health and that kind of stuff is is something that is is being talked about a lot more now but like is is still probably not talked about enough mm -hmm. um and the hustle culture is is dangerous yeah. too uh yeah. You gotta get those eight hours of sleep in. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Man, eight <laughs> hours sounds great. My cat doesn't let me do that. So your cat's was it he Cubert? Is that his name? He's Cubert. Yeah, he's literally sleeping like oh my goodness. a foot from me right now. He's I've got a couple of sound blankets that I'm not using anymore and I folded <laughs> them up on the floor and they just he just took them over as a as a bed. So Amazing. He's, he's having a snooze. So if you hear cat snores in the background, that's why. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. Um, is it correct that you're a fan of uh, Pomplamoose, Jack Haunty? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was just thinking that like um, with the consistency thing, because he flies down or drives down whatever to LA once a month and they film and record arrange four songs in one session so that they can post consistently. And I think that's just... That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. And there, there's something to be said for that kind of like you book it and then you figure it out kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like then it's it's booked and everybody's in. You have to and do like, it. <laughs> so then like you have to do it. And and funny enough, next week I'm headed down to Revelstoke. I got an Airbnb uh, to start working on my first uh, course that I'm going to be posting on the Ooh. on uh, moment. Yeah, it's going to be this color grading course, and I, I've been I've been just sitting on it forever and ever and ever. <laughs> and like everyone's like, you really need to do a course, like something a little more in depth than what we get on YouTube, which are kind of sporadic and stuff. 
and I've been sitting on it forever and just and really wanted to get it done. So I just like booked this Airbnb um, for pretty much that reason where it's like I, now it's booked. I've put down like over a thousand dollars on this place <laughs> where I'm I'm just going to be like locked in a cabin by myself. And like all I have to do is is work on this thing mm-hmm. away from all the distractions and that kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, it'll, it, it'll be interesting uh, because a bunch of stuff came up in October's really, really busy in the in the tech and camera world. Yeah. <laughs> so a bunch of stuff came up in in October, and I didn't get to be as prepared for it as I wanted to. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. But same same kind of thing. And yeah, yeah. I mean, Jack Conti is like a, definitely a goat in the space as far as you know between Pomplamoose and and Patreon and and his the Jack Conti Extras uh, <laughs> YouTube channel is is so awesome and so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, you were spot on too. That's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a, a big influence in, in the way that I approach things is a lot of, a lot of his advice and, and stuff. And, and I mean, Pomplamoose, I was, a, I was a fan of Pomplamoose kind of before I thought of YouTube in the way that I currently do. Like I think because, because they were so early YouTube, it was like, I didn't, I don't know what it is, how to, how to explain it exactly. It's like, I didn't think of YouTube as like this place where normal people could go and post mm. stuff. It still felt kind of inaccessible. It didn't yeah. feel like something that I could do. Um, and I remember coming across like their, their cover of, it was like a Stevie wonder track or something like that. Um, and then like going down the rabbit hole of all their other stuff and and thinking that that was so cool. And then they got like a, Hyundai commercial or something like that <laughs> that was so cool and like it was it was just like a really cool thing and then there was this gap where I didn't like really pay attention to YouTube and then of course like four years ago or five years ago whatever that was now I like made YouTube like a, a center focus on my life so it's it's got a very different thing now and I can really appreciate what I was seeing in 2009 or whatever that was when they were when they were first doing their things and making these crazy cover videos in their yeah. house and, and that kind of thing and how far he's come is is really cool too yeah i think that era of youtube is really i guess that's sort of when it just started but i think that era of youtube is everybody kind of turns back and like we really love that era <laughs> yeah yeah that's the that's og youtube because youtube only started in like 2005 or something like that mm-hmm. like it's not that old yeah in the, in the grand scheme <laughs> of things and then all those all those really famous YouTubers that we know, lots of them were from like the 2008 kind of kind of time. And yeah, exactly. That's pretty nuts. That's pretty <laughs> cool to think of that. It's like it's still in the in the grand scheme of things. It's still such a young thing. There's still so much that we can do with it, and so much that we can, so many ways that we can change it and stuff. Mm-hmm, for sure. And how much that they're actually changing as well. And like with the live streams and the shorts and all that. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting thing. It's hard not to be as as someone who's, you know, reasonably established now on YouTube. It's hard not to be the grumpy old guy who's like stop <laughs> changing. I've been I've been the working algorithm. for Yeah, I've been working for, you know, 4 years to try and build this in a in a certain way and then they're like, "Well, now YouTube Shorts are going to be more important." Yeah. And I, you know, it, that that hasn't affected me as much as it did over on Instagram. Mm. uh in the introduction of reels and basically the like 
shunning of everything else has has been a little bit tough over on uh, on Instagram. YouTube Shorts hasn't been as big a uh, a hit to mm-hmm. I, I think longer form content creators over on YouTube, but yeah, yeah, it's um, interesting to keep up with the times, regardless. Yeah, do you find it? Well, I guess yeah, it's just a lot to adapt to. <laughs> Yeah. And you have to kind of decide too. I think that's, that's one thing that I've been doing a lot of lately is like, okay, on Instagram, they say like, Instagram is no longer a a photo sharing app, you know, Mm -hmm. that whole quote from the CEO or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and we're going to be focusing more on reels and video and that kind of stuff. And so then you have to decide, like, for me, like Instagram was where I shared my photography. That was that was literally the point of it. I didn't post any videos on there before like three months ago. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to decide, do I want to adapt and start to make these these reels and like, do I want to follow trends and that kind of thing? Or do I pivot to another platform or do I just keep doing what I was doing always over there and, and hope that, you know, it, it doesn't die because of that? And <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. And there, there are some times where I think you just have to kind of cut your losses and like, I don't really want to do TikTok dances or whatever over on Instagram reels. And I don't want to just like follow the trends. Like I'm happy to like try and incorporate some of the things like use some of the like trending music or something like that. But I'm going to try and kind of bend it to what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I, I'm more interested in finding platforms that work for what my content is than trying to make my content work for platforms, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's a balance there too. Like, yeah. That's a really good way of putting that. <laughs> it's, and it's a, it's a tough thing to, it's a tough thing to do. And it, it does dabble a little bit in that, in that category of what I was talking about before with, with my music and music production and stuff is like, I'm constantly making music for, my clients, whatever they want, they come in and I make the song that they asked for and that kind of thing. And so I was like, am I doing the same thing if I start making Instagram reels or if I start, you know, if I start just making videos that I think will please the YouTube algorithm or whatever it happens to be is like, am I just catering to a different type of client at that Mm -hmm. point? Um, And luckily I I think I found uh, a balance where I'm I'm still making videos for me that happen to maybe slide into that. There's a little bit of give and take, maybe a a one for me, one for them kind of thing. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, and it's it's I I always joke with my wife that I call it the YouTube game where I'm <laughs> I'm playing I'm playing the algorithm and I'm playing the subscriber counts and the views and the monetization and all that. I'm playing it like a game and constantly analyzing and trying to figure out how I can find a way to still make me happy while being successful at what I'm trying to do kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess calling it a game makes it a little bit easier and not so much like you don't really get too stuck in, in, in the numbers and the analytics. Yeah. Yeah. It it just becomes your, your, your losses, let's call them, you know, if, if things aren't going how you, how you plan them to can just be learning experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a lot easier before it became my, my full-time job. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because now, now there is some, uh, financial importance put on it, but it is still like, once you have that kind of, if you get the chance to establish yourself the way that I was while I had a full-time job that, 
I could just play with YouTube on the side kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, then then there's a, a lot more opportunity for you to kind of gamify it a little bit and not and not have to stress about if if you know you have a month of videos that just don't perform or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Do you think that you would if YouTube ever became kind of what happened with the music production stuff? Do you think you might switch back into like YouTube more part time and then going back into music production as your as your job? I think I think that I want to do more music production stuff eventually. I'd like to find some kind of a, a balance between the two where I could I could do both. But I think it's it, YouTube is still so young for me that it's it feels like like when people start a new business, which is essentially what I've done. It's like you know they say like you're you're not going to eat you're not going to sleep in the first five years you're not going to make any money in the first five years or whatever like mm-hmm. everything is going to be about the business and I still think I'm kind of in that phase um, where I'm just like I'm I'm working really hard to like make sure that this is going to work and that it's there's flexibility and that there's stability and and that kind of stuff so I think that's still a ways out mm-hmm. um, I do, I really hope that it doesn't happen for the same reason that I went the way that I did. Yeah. Like, I hope that it doesn't get to the point where I'm like sick of it or, or it's not fulfilling me. I hope that I can choose to do music production as well because I have stability and flexibility on both, both sides. Mm. Um, yeah, that would, that would be the, the ultimate goal would to be to, I mean, to do whatever I want all the time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And like, being financially stable, I guess, while doing yeah, all of that. Yeah, I mean that's that's huge. Like my wife is going back to school uh, next September, and so it's going to be our our whole finances are going to be on YouTube and and that kind of thing. <laughs> so right now it's like it's all about building whatever I can to a place where like it's it's consistent and and stable. Mm-hmm. As a, and I mean, people look at YouTube and, and talk about getting a real job because of the stability that a real job has kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. trying to turn what I'm currently doing into stump, something that has the same stability as or some something similar to the stability that you would see if you got a, a nine to five kind of thing. That's, yeah. that's the goal right now. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's my goal, too. I mean, I'm kind of in like a transitional period where I just finished up my master's in June and now like I don't I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) um that's amazing what's your master's in again uh music flute performance ah cool yeah because you Um, play all sorts of things I've seen some of your stories and stuff so (laughs) oh cool (laughs) yeah um uh, yeah I compose and I sing songwrite as well so I've been doing like I've started twitch last year kind of during the pandemic, as a lot of people did. Um, But so, like, there's, like, a little bit of income there, and I started Patreon because there's, like, this growing community. And so, like, there's, like, a little bit of money coming in, but that's, like, it can't possibly be a full-time thing right now. (laughs) I always tell my wife that I could be, like, a lifelong student. (laughs) And I think that's where this whole YouTube thing kind of comes from is, like, I should learn how to do that and I should learn how to do this. And then I kind of like also teach it a little bit as, as, as I learn, I teach more yeah. and that kind of thing. You but kind of, that's cool. I think in whatever uh, field, like if you teach the subject, then you get better at it yourself. So much. When I, when I went to recording school, 
um, the first year, it's a, it's a one year program, one year diploma, and uh, it's like 11 months long and you're a student that year. And then the every year they hire three students from three of kind of the top students from the previous year to come back as like uh, teacher's assistants. They call them interns, but essentially they're teaching all the like practical lab time and stuff. And so I got hired back in the second year and I probably learned more from having to reiterate and teach and, and learn how to communicate the things that I learned in the first year. I probably learned more in that second year as like a teacher than I did in the first year, which is, is nuts because I crammed a lot of information in, that first year <laughs> in my brain. So Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was like 2007 sweet <laughs> yeah not to age myself or anything like that but. <laughs> yeah um i guess like so monetizing your channel do you did you start reaching out to brands first or did they kind of come to you yeah for the most part they they kind of came to me i was i was lucky in that as my channel was growing i got reached out to by uh, a company called space station that was started by um sean duris oh yeah who some might know as a, a kind of an og youtuber and uh they the their business was growing at the same time that my channel was growing and so they reached out to me early on and and got me a couple of a couple of brand deals and that kind of stuff that that started that ball rolling so i didn't really have to do a whole lot in that way and then by the time that maybe that kind of wasn't wasn't rolling as as much coming from them because they were growing and, and working with lots of people and that kind of stuff. My channel had grown enough that other other brands had started to to kind of reach out to me. And there were a couple of times, uh, I shouldn't say a couple, like a handful of times when I reached out and like had an idea and like pitched it to a brand. And luckily enough, most of them seemed to be either on board with it or were like excited about it, but it just like didn't work at the time. Mm. Um, but like my success rate for that was, was reasonably good. Um, Sweet. so I, I highly recommend that if, if you are somebody who has ideas and stuff like that, like there's, there's very little harm in reaching out as long as you're, as long as you're not being annoying about it, <laughs> find, find who you need to talk to at, at whatever company and, and reach out and know your, know your value, have, have that kind of decided ahead of time so that you, you can say what you need to say. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it's mm. mostly people reaching out to me. I put my, put my email and my YouTube description and stuff like that. So Nice. Lots of lots of brands come that way, and lots of them are, are they don't work. I have a a shortcut set up on my on my keyboard when I type NTY, it gives my no thank you. Oh, <laughs> it it just like expands itself into like this really nice little message that says like Hey, like thanks for reaching out. I, I'm not interested at this time, kind of thing. Because there are a lot <laughs> of like just just ones that don't make sense and lots of mm. ones that like they obviously didn't actually look at my channel because <laughs> they want me to like sell beauty products or something like that and mm -hmm. i'm just like you, you didn't actually <laughs> look into this did you you just saw you saw the subscriber number yeah that was about it <laughs> the clout <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then i mean from from a monetization standpoint uh, you know sponsorships are part of it uh, for my channel, affiliate links are a big part of it as well, because mm -hmm. I talk about so much gear. Uh, and I try not to be like selly. I try yeah. not to like I try not to be like a salesperson kind of thing. But part of what I do is reviewing gear. And sometimes I get excited about 
you know how how good stuff is mm-hmm. uh and so i think that uh people have come to kind of trust my opinion and they like the way that i approach testing the gear and that kind of stuff and so they use my my affiliate links and i get the kickback on that and and then there's youtube monetization which is a, a small but steady part of it mm-hmm. uh, especially once you have a big catalog like I have, I have something like 250, 270 videos or something on my channel now. And uh, when yeah. you have that and the old videos are still getting views, mm. you're still getting, there's, there's a little bit of that kind of like residual coming in every month. Even if, even if I take a couple of weeks off, it's like my old videos are still kind of working for me. Yeah. Um, and so there's like the passive income from that. So those are, those are the kind of three main categories for, for my channel anyway. Sweet. What kind of, like, I mean, what kind of, what's, uh, words? <laughs> <laughs> words are unimportant. <laughs> we don't need them. We don't need them, yeah. Not for a podcast, anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I'm just kind of curious into, like, specifically what sponsorships might look like or brand deals might look like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so generally the the process for that, you know, uh, a brand will shoot me an email or if I decide to to pitch something to them, um, someone from the marketing department of a brand will reach out and basically say, hey, we've got this campaign coming up. Uh, we want uh, to see if we can link up and do some kind of a collaboration on a, on a sponsored video. Uh, for me, there are kind of two different types there's a, a a dedicated video which means basically the entire video is like centered around whatever that thing is so for example let's say um capture one so the the photo editing software that i use so then it might be a capture one tutorial where i'm basically going to be talking about it the whole time um if i do dedicated videos personally i try not to make them like a, a big commercial mm-hmm. i try to make them like informational so that it's maybe a tutorial or something like that um, or something where I kind of like am using that product the the, the whole time, um, and then the other the other type is uh, like a mid roll ad kind of thing, where basically somewhere in the middle of the video, or maybe at the start of the video, or whatever, things kind of pause, and I do my sixty to ninety second spiel on whatever thing they're promoting at the time and then i go back to the video and if i can make it if i can integrate it into the theme of the you know if the product makes sense into the theme of the video great uh if it doesn't that's okay too like yeah, i mean we've all seen the the squarespace ads and and better help ads and Sorry, those kinds what of is, things where like what is squarespace what what is this <laughs> I, I am not even going to answer that because then it will become an ad. <laughs> Let me tell you, you need oh, a website. No. <laughs> that would have been a great segue if, if I have a core space. <laughs> we need to hit them up before this uh, before this goes live. I I'll should. do the spot right now. And, uh, <laughs> you can cut it out if it doesn't. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we've all we've all seen that, and like that's okay too. And I I tell brands straight up that like if it if it's if you want me to, you know, I've Squarespace, I've done some stuff with Squarespace before, and it's like, there's, I'm not making a, a video about making websites, but websites are valuable to my audience, like, like being having a good hosting service and that kind of stuff is, is valuable. So I just tell them straight up, it's like, it's going to be like a cut where I say like, hey, I'm going to take a second and talk about the sponsor of this video. And that's just like, that feels more honest to me than trying to like, 
<laughs> try and figure out like how to how to make it like a, a segue or something like that yeah uh, and i've tried all sorts of things like if, if you if you go through some of my older sponsor videos and stuff like that i've definitely tried to do the like segue thing where you can barely tell that it's a sponsor <laughs> thing but that i think eventually i kind of got over that uh and started to realize that it felt a little bit not genuine or something mm. like that so and it'll change over time and and that kind of stuff but but yeah so i mean they reach out i i give them i give them my rates for those uh those kinds of different projects which which changes every once in a while depending on what's up on my channel and my channel growth and and that kind of stuff and uh basically they say yes or no we sign contracts i make the video and then anytime that there's a sponsored video they have the ability to kind of review it before it goes up, make sure that there's nothing in there that doesn't line up uh, with their brand. So there's like an approval process, mm -hmm. uh, which I need to get better at making sure that I get them done <laughs> earlier so that there's time between when I was hoping to post it and when <laughs> I, I send it in for the approval process kind yeah. of thing. Some companies are really quick about it and some, some you know, if they don't work on the weekends or something and I happen to post on on Monday mornings, which I do, mm -hmm. uh, then it becomes tough if I if I put in the approval video Friday night or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I send it over for approval. Generally, they I don't let them like change anything structurally about the video, or they they definitely don't get to have any any say on like my opinions or anything like mm -hmm. that. Um, but if like I give misinformation about their product or something like that that would be you know or if there was like something important that they wanted me to mention like a uh if, if some of them like if there's like a contest or something that they're putting on and i forgot to say the deadline i can like oh, yeah. go back in and add some text where there's like it shows the deadline or you know those kinds of little things so they'll ask for for specific things or um for example uh, a funny one that happened kind of early on uh with autel who makes drones <laughs> they sent me out their uh, uh autel evo which is an awesome drone and had me do a sponsor video about it and it was the first time i had ever flown a drone and that was what i pitched <laughs> to them for it i was like this is gonna be this will be cool i'll get to show off kind of some of the functions and features and in the initial video I showed a scene where I was trying to take off for the very first time and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and the drone just like flipped over on its <laughs> on its back and like didn't take off properly. And I really clearly in the video said like, this was my fault. Like mm -hmm. this wasn't the fault of the drone. Nothing's wrong with the drone. Like I didn't put it on, on e even ground. And it was like the one blade hit the ground. And so it, it flew over whatever, like totally my fault not the fault of the drone. And they asked me kindly, very nicely to maybe remove that part because it, <laughs> because they didn't want people to get the wrong idea that like their drone was causing a problem kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, little things like that where you, you work with the companies and like, I probably could have gotten away with saying like, no, like that's, that was part of the process. Like, I'd like to leave that in. I think it's funny. It was mm -hmm. like a good part of the video, that kind of thing. Um, but in the end, it, I don't think it was a, an unreasonable request. And I totally understand where they were coming from in that, like, even no matter how much I disclaimer things like that, yep. people still will decide that it was a problem with the drone and they'll be like, this is garbage and they'll leave bad comments and that kind of stuff. So ended up taking that out. And, uh, <laughs> and just like you, you work with these companies and try and find a place where kind of everybody's happy, if, uh, if at all possible. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a lot of back and forth, I guess. It's more. It's a little bit more complex than than it seems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them are really like. I mean, the the Squarespace ones are real easy because they give you like a uh, not a script but like a suggested things that you should say you mm-hmm. know we want we want to make sure that we hit these five points other than that like make it creative and then you know i i with with certain companies that's it, the approval process is is really easy because they're just like yeah that was fun you hit all the points <laughs> that we asked for like you have fulfilled your contract. Like you'll see your money in 30 days. That's great. <laughs> so it's, yeah. And then, and then other ones, it's a little bit more kind of collaborative where, where you go back and forth and, and, and I like to, I like to even say like, Hey, I've got these four videos kind of on the, on the docket. Like I'm going to be making them sometime soon. Do any of them like stand out to you as one that you'd like to be more involved in? You know, and and whether that be just like they just want as many views as possible, like I can I can give them the option of like, well, this video will probably get more views than these other three. Or um, if they want it to be something that like links up with their product better or something, you know, then they can make that decision. So there's a little bit a little bit of back and forth on uh, on the creative, too. But for Mm -hmm. the most part, I've been pretty lucky in that most of the companies they want you to create something that makes sense for your audience. Mm-hmm. Generally, they they understand that you understand your audience better <laughs> than they do, mm-hmm. and they want you to make something that will will connect with them rather than them like shoving something into your video that doesn't make sense kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, most of them seem to be smart in that case. I've definitely dealt with a, a, a handful that that don't understand the the whatever you want to call it, influencer, Mm -hmm. creator process and, and the value that is that they're, they're more used to the like kind of traditional media advertising where like you Mm -hmm. pay for your 30 seconds and you put in your ad and you decide what your ad is and that kind of stuff. And, and they don't understand necessarily that they're, what they're buying isn't necessarily just time. It's, mm-hmm. it's also the expertise of the creator and the, the connection between the creator and their audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting and, and, and fascinating as you dive into it and, and all the little, all the little nuances of it that are so new to so many people and to so many companies too. The, the one thing that I can say from my experience on YouTube and, and Instagram and sponsored posts and stuff like that is that you have to be willing to just like make it for a long time, like make the, make the videos or do the posts for a long time until the sponsored thing like just starts to kind of happen yeah. almost. <laughs> I mean, for me, like that's, that's what it, what it was like. And it didn't take, it took a long time, but it didn't take as long as I thought it was going to. Like, I think mm. I had 10,000 subscribers or something when I got my first sponsored video, which was like with Storyblocks, I believe. Mm. I feel like your channel grew pretty fast. It, there were a couple of like boom phases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where it was like at the first two years were really slow. Mm. And then there was a boom from like a thousand to 10,000. And then it like slowed down a little bit. And then from like 15,000 to 50,000 was a huge <laughs> boom. And like it kind of does this like it, it's it's a constant up, but there are phases where it's steeper than other times. Yeah. That's cool. That's interesting to see, I think. <laughs> Yeah, and I I really don't know what if it's just like certain videos taking off that makes that happen because obviously mm. like you know you have one video that starts to get a lot of views and 
if a certain percentage of people who are watching that video are going to subscribe, if there are more views, you're going to get more subscribers. But I don't know exactly what what makes those those hikes happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not. I haven't gotten that nerdy about my my numbers and stuff. <laughs> I, I mostly just try and make the best videos I can and hope that it works. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to go about it. <laughs> yeah, I make videos that I would watch. Yeah, is, is really like the the bottom line is like I, I want to I just I pretend like I'm my own audience and I just make the stuff that I would want to see. Mm. And that seems to be working for me so far. Yeah, a lot of people talk about going into creative industries in like some people think that they pursue these careers because they want the fame or because they want the numbers. But I think the one the people who are successful in these fields are the ones who do it for themselves because yeah. then what they put out is actually genuine and it connects with people and yeah and i i think that there i think that there are two kind of extremes for that too the the people who are really genuine and and just do it because they think it's fun and then they end up being successful because people latch onto that mm -hmm. and then i think there are people who like go into it with like a business like fully business mindset and they're making videos like as if they were like a tv studio and they're and they're trying to monetize it that way and they understand the time that it takes and that kind of thing i think it where it gets really tricky is where people try and do the middle yeah where they're like i want to do this because like i like doing it but also i'm going to try and like be a little bit business minded and that kind of thing. And I think that, that that is where people kind of struggle. Like I, there, there are plenty of channels out there who like went into, started a YouTube channel specifically for the like, maybe not for like the, the fame or the growth or whatever, but they, like I said, they treated it like a, like a business and that can, that can work. Like mm -hmm. if you're, if you're willing to actually do it, invest the money, the time, everything that you would, as if you were starting a brick and mortar store or something like that, that can work too. Um, I think that's fewer and further between than mm. just like people who like had a passion about something and started a channel and like people latched onto it. Yeah. Uh, and also I think that that is a lot more fun <laughs> if it's just <laughs> something that people, people really enjoyed and started. And, uh, but yeah, it's that it's, I found that it's that weird middle ground where people are like, well, I like doing this. And so then I'm going to try and go into it and try and they want the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think it works very well or very often anyway, yeah. uh, unless you got a really, really specific type of person who can pull it off. I think, though, like if you're too much of the side where you're just making it just for you, just for fun, without any worry about the business model, then like sometimes that might not work either. If you're yeah. too like in your own world sort of thing. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that as well. Yeah, it's it's there's got to it's got to be somewhere in the back of your mind mm -hmm. anyway. I always when I was first starting, I always kind of told people it's like I'm not like oblivious to the business side of things and I I'm I'm seeing the opportunities that this is raising and I'm not I'm not like going to let anything slip by if I think it's a good a good opportunity for me, mm -hmm. but like that's not my main focus to start with kind of thing now it's become more of a focus for reasons that we've already kind of covered here but uh but yeah it's like when i was first starting it was just like it was my creative outlet it was mm -hmm. what i was doing for fun and then eventually i got obsessed with camera stuff and couldn't stop myself from talking about it all the time and so i started making videos about that yeah 
That's awesome. Do you ever get burnt out from posting? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's, how do you? Uh, and I, I think, I think the, the like last minute deadline driven <laughs> thing is is what burns me out too. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing to to try and balance and and to kind of keep in check, but like uh, trying to recognize it and and taking a break. You know, like even that that thing that I I said I booked to do my first course or whatever. <laughs> I'm feeling very unprepared for what I was planning for that trip. Mm. And, and even like a little bit, I wouldn't say burnt out, but like definitely on the edge of that lately, just it's things have been really busy and, and kind of hectic. And so now that trip is starting to look like it might actually just be like a wind down, go hang out in the mountains for, for four days or whatever. And Love like, that. just, yeah, like <laughs> maybe catch up on some things, but like not add anything extra to the plate kind of thing. So I think trying to have a little bit of self, like knowing yourself and knowing when you're coming up on that burnout and seeing the signs mm -hmm. uh, and then and then doing something about it, whatever that happens to be for for that individual, whether that means relax a little bit more, or whether that means like buckle down and and check some things off the to-do list so you don't feel so overwhelmed like or email some people and tell them that you have to back out like sometimes mm -hmm. that just happens like but i think knowing knowing yourself and uh and and understanding what you need is is kind of step one i wish there was a blanket statement that i could i could tell everybody that like this is what works for everyone yeah right that's not that's not how humans work unfortunately yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes unfortunately <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's nice that we're all unique but it would be nice if there was a user manual that uh, that kind of worked for everybody do these steps follow these steps and then and life will be great will be grand yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> everything's yeah, perfect exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah do you want to do you want to touch on nfts a little bit you sent me Could. that one that you um yeah. you made <laughs> Yeah, this is this is all very new to me. Um, and as it was kind of inspired by what I was talking about earlier about, you know, Instagram not really being a photo platform anymore for me. So for anyone that doesn't know, uh, an NFT is a non fungible token. Uh, and basically, it's like a I, I like to think of it kind of like as a certificate of authenticity to prove that you're the owner of a piece of art um or uh, it, it could be anything there's there's endless endless possibilities but for in the case of what i'm doing with it it's a photo or a video or something that then whoever bought it would own that specific token non-fungible mm -hmm. token and all non-fungible means is that it can't be like replaced like it's a, it's a unique one of a kind type of thing whereas like fungible is like if you have like a for for the americans out there a dollar bill it doesn't matter which dollar bill you have they all kind of have the same value you don't really care whereas like if you own a non-fungible token you own that thing specifically and it's not you could trade it for other things of value but nothing else is exactly like that thing so um for my my photos it's it's very similar to like selling an original piece of art or selling a print or something along those lines and so you what i've done is i tried to kind of create something unique with it there are lots of photographers getting into the the nft space and what they call minting their pieces and then selling their their photography and i wanted to do something that was a little bit unique so i mixed my 
music and my photography together. And what I did was took some of my favorite photos and wrote music and created like sound effect, ambient soundscapes to go along with the photos. And so the idea would be that you would be looking at this photo and listen to the music and kind of be transported into the the feeling that I intended or that, that I had when I was taking that photo or in that area or whatever it happens to be. It would just be kind of like transporting you into this this scene and uh, and I've, I've so far i've minted two of them the first one that i i sent you earlier called exhale um beautiful by which the way. is just like thank you <laughs> thank you yeah and so it's like it's like this this mountain scene with a lake in the front and it's just it's just like this kind of take a breath relaxing like nobody's around you can hear the birds chirping in the water and the in the song as well and it's like a, a nice soft kind of piano piece with some strings in it and it really does like if you just sit and you kind of the the way that i had to do it is basically make it a video where it's like the still photo and then you can hear the the music in the background so it's like a couple of minutes long and that one that one's just like a nice relaxing one and then the, the next one that i did was called mountain move and it's this this scene again with mountains i i really like mountains um, well, we're in Alberta, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then there, are the, there's this train track that kind of goes off into the distance, and so the music that I did is like this kind of like indie rock kind of thing that uh, feels like energetic and exciting, like you're going to go on an adventure. Um, and I used train sound effects in it <laughs> in in time with the music, and the the drums kind of sound like the. Of, of a train and stuff so it's this cool. this kind of like melding of like essentially everything you would need to make a, a, a cinematic video but like just of like this photo um mm. with the music and with the sound effects and stuff so just just to try and do something kind of unique I, I do think that i'll probably post some like just photography on there as well and and maybe come up with some cool other ideas but for me it was just it's just a cool way to do something with my photography since since Instagram feels like it's kind of been like taken away from me as a, a way to like it's still it's still a way to like share it and stuff like that. But the next step was like, OK, do I do prints? Like, how can I how can I turn this into something that is its own thing other than just like. I take photos to talk about lenses in my videos and I post them on Instagram for fun. Mm -hmm. You know, like how can I, how can I turn this into its own thing? And that was when kind of NFTs got introduced to me. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm diving in as much as I can. It's, uh, it's not cheap to get started. One of the things that to, you have to realize is to, to mint a piece, to create a non-fungible token. You pay these, like they're called gas fees. Uh, and they can get quite expensive. Like oh. each each of mine, I think I paid a couple hundred dollars each to just to create this token that lives. I guess I never said it. It lives on the blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain. So for anyone who knows about uh, cryptocurrencies, there's Bitcoin and there's Ethereum and there's Dogecoin or whatever. Most NFTs nowadays live in the space of Ethereum. So you have to buy some Ethereum coin or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it well, but uh, you have to buy some of that so you can do the minting process and and ideally so that you can support other artists and stuff like that and, and add to your collection. And uh, hopefully I can I can sell some pieces soon so that I can afford to 
start to buy some other people's pieces and it becomes this kind of thing where everybody owns each other's owns each other's collectibles and That'd be cool. yeah it's it's a it's an interesting thing and it's a it's a cool community uh it lives a lot on discord and twitter um there are like tons of different discord servers for specifically for like different nft projects and that kind of stuff and then and then twitter is just like where everybody in the nft space seems to live and share and twitter spaces are are huge for that and yeah it's it's really cool and for anybody that hasn't hasn't like looked into it it, it's worth like doing a doing a quick google search or a youtube search for like what the heck is an nft what in a couple of the group chats that i'm in like most of it just still goes way over my (laughs) head and and i don't understand half of it but uh it just feels cool to have somewhere to share my art in a way that feels meaningful where there is a potential for like not just people to be like hey great photo but like someone can someone can buy that and someone can support me in that way and that's kind of cool too so without having to like do physical prints or something like that which i should probably do as well but i haven't jumped in there yet (laughs) yeah and music nfts are huge too like they're they're becoming more and more of a thing and you can add utility i think i was at kings of leon or something that did like huge music nfts that if you bought if you bought the nft it you got access to like front row seats to all of their concerts for life or something like that and yeah like these kind of like vip tokens that you can you can essentially you can resell them too but you like you can they they get you these utilities like like Mm -hmm. concert tickets or or whatever access to certain things or you get to be in like certain clubs and yeah it's it's really interesting yeah that's a whole other world that i have not really delved into yet <laughs> yeah yeah but. and i'm only i think i just like stuck my big toe in basically at this <laughs> point so everything for for anyone listening everything you just heard was like just just really just the tip <laughs> of the iceberg yeah it's it's wild i think the the instagram not being a photo sharing platform anymore is a little bit ironic with the trends going on right now of photo dumps <laughs> This has nothing yeah. to do with like Instagram being like for influencers or anything, but just like for for everybody. There are so yeah. many photo dumps being a thing now, where people yeah. just yeah, isn't that like what Instagram was when it started? Yeah, I mean that's I mean before they added the ability to upload videos, it was only a photo sharing website. Like yeah. that was that was it. Yeah, I I have noticed in the past like maybe month or so that my photos have been performing reasonably again so it's like i think they went they went really heavy on like reels and videos and then maybe realized that people still enjoy photos realized ah, ah, i see what you did there nice i appreciate a good pun yeah yeah i think i think they they caught on they realized that uh that people still enjoy the photography side of things or photo dumps or whatever like people just like to go look at photos somewhere because where else are we going to do it yeah i was just gonna say i think it's a little funny how people in their captions say it's a photo dump now like you have it's a yeah it's important to it's important to let everybody know that it's a photo dump for some reason like we didn't get that when we're scrolling through your photo dump yeah yeah it's it's funny how it came full circle like that Mm -hmm. i just wanted to touch on a little bit about like networking 
Because mm-hmm. it seems like all of the camera people, filmmakers, photographers, it's like you guys all know each other. <laughs> um, and I guess similarly with the, the brand deals and reaching out or having them come to you, like how do you go about networking and meeting other people in your creative space? Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't. I don't put too much thought into it, to be completely honest. Somehow you just kind of end up like, yeah, I think when I first started, there was a lot of effort into that. Like I joined like Facebook groups of like other people <laughs> trying to start out on YouTube and, and I was adding, I was on Twitter and I was trying to, you know, like engage with as many people as possible. And then eventually I kind of just like a lot of that stuff just, starts to happen like uh, I went to Sony camera camp where I got invited to that and so I met like a hundred other youtubers that was like the biggest or... crossover episode ever just every yeah, single yeah. <laughs> totally yeah everybody was in everybody else's videos I think I was in on like 10 other YouTube channels <laughs> the week after Sony camera camp which was was really fun yeah. um but yeah like and and or like uh, because I, like I said before, I make videos that I think I would like to watch. I'm also out there watching other people's videos. And so whoever's popping up in the search results, if I'm watching their videos and enjoying them and leaving comments and they're responding in the comments, like eventually, like they might come across my channel. And and I think when that starts to happen, then all of a sudden it feels like like if they saw that I commented on their video and they commented on my video, that feels like an invitation to open mm-hmm. up like to DMs because we obviously like know each other. Mm-hmm. And so then it, it happens it happens very organically once your channel kind of starts to grow a little bit. And I think that that effort that I put in at the start to like join Facebook groups and try and get people watching my videos and like try and meet other people and stuff like that. I, I, I still chat with some people that I met in that way but I don't think it was really meaningful for the growth of my channel or, or for like the networking side, really. Like, like most of those people I probably would have ran into eventually anyway. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's funny how you can be kind of like connected organically to people who have the same interests and are doing the same thing as you. It almost feels like when you're going to school somewhere, and yeah. you're just like everyone's around you already anyway you're going to end up being friends with those people. Those are going to be the people that you end up spending your time with. Like some of my, some of my closest friends now are my YouTube friends. Like, you know, (laughs) like I, I text with Becky from Becky and Chris all the time. Like just, she's just one of my closest friends now. And like most of my friends don't live in the same city as me anymore Mm -hmm. because I exist in the YouTube universe and on, on the internet, which is so strange. But I think that like events can be really helpful for people that are like actively trying to network and stuff. Um, Some of those, some of those kind of like, like video creators conferences and stuff (laughs) like that. I've heard, I've heard people talking about those as great ways to network with people and, and seeing some people with some pretty huge channel growth and like collaborations and stuff after those kinds of events. Mm. I've never really done any of them myself, <laughs> uh, with the exception of Sony Camera Camp, which was like kind of a, a different thing because it was like invite only and mm-hmm. and like the, they were kind of scouting, I guess, people who already had reasonable sized channels and a lot of us already knew each other from online. Maybe it was the first time we met in person, but we already knew each other online and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, 
but I think like if there's somebody that you think you'd be, uh, you could connect with and, and would be a good connection for you to have, like Instagram DMs are the way that I go generally. <laughs> if, if they're, if they look like they're active on Instagram or, uh, or Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, or pop into their comments. Um, but don't do all three. <laughs> don't, uh, don't, don't be that person who's like, Hey, At I just emailed time. you and like, Hey, did you see my Instagram DM about how I emailed you? And yeah. <laughs> hey, did you see my Twitter comment about my Instagram DM about how I emailed you? You know, <laughs> don't be that person, but, uh, but you know, reach out where, where they seem like they're active and, and just like, and actually try and like connect with them. Don't just like, don't come in with an ask. Yeah. You know, don't, don't show up and be like, Hey, can you do this thing for me? Yeah. Um, not even like, a, lot, a, how are you? <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. right to it. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like, I think a lot of people suggest like offering your services or something like, what mm. can I do for you? I think honestly, even that might be too much. <laughs> like when people reach out to me and they're like, Hey, do you need like, I'm a fan of your channel. Like, can I make your thumbnails for you or something Mm. like that? And it's like, I feel like that is even like, is kind of pushing it. Whereas like, I appreciate when people are like, Hey, like, I like your channel. You're, I like your photography. (laughs) That's cool. Like, nice to meet you. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. And those are the kind of people that I end up chatting with, you Mm -hmm. know, and I'm, I'm still even, even with the amount of messages and stuff that I get, I personally still love to connect with people that way. So I still try and answer as, as many DMs as I possibly can. And as many comments, like I posted a video this morning, I ended up spending the next like three hours just trying to keep up with comments. (laughs) So that I'm like getting to everybody. And if people have questions like that's, I'm trying to be there to, to help them. And Mm. that's really the goal uh, is to, of my channel anyway, is to like try and help people as much as possible. So, yeah, we love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, networking is such a weird, a weird thing. And I think that there are some people that are good at like the official type of networking (laughs) and I'm kind of better at the unofficial type of it, which is just like sit back and hope that people like me. (laughs) (laughs) The unofficial, official, the official, unofficial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. We, we'll we'll figure out what the official title of it is. The unofficial <laughs> official title of it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I guess just like one last thing from Fong is what is the one thing that you wish you created, whether that's in video, photo, or music. The one thing that I wish I created. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, like it already like somebody else's work that like that I. I think so. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Jeez. I don't even know the there are lots. my answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish that I wish that I would have at some point finished an album mm. uh of like solo music. Uh and there's lots of time still to do that. Um but I think that's something that I would I would personally love to check off kind of my bucket list and I don't even know I don't even know necessarily what that looks like. But... <laughs> Do you like, do you sing or anything or is it just more? Yeah. 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 If, if you go search Donna on Spotify, I've got a couple of songs. Oh, I did. I did okay. some singles. Nice. Uh, I just, I just never really, uh, I was so busy working on everybody else's stuff that, that old, <laughs> uh, that old saying of like the mechanics car is the last one to get worked on mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was basically my life for, for 12 years. It's like, I didn't get to do my own music because I was so busy working on everybody else's. Mm. So I've got a couple of singles out there, kind of like it's like pop R and B kind of stuff. Really okay. like Justin Timberlake, heavily influenced. 
those kinds of things. So I'm not I'm not a particularly great singer uh, or rapper or any of those kinds of things, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. And I think the fun part of it for me is that I did everything. So it was like the production was oh, all yes. me and the singing was all me and everything, every instrument was played by me and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think that was, that was what made it fun when yeah. I was doing it more. That That's what I'm doing with my music right now. Like I'm making all the aspects of it and it's definitely, yeah. that's really rewarding. Yeah, it's cool when you can finish a song, <laughs> but it's hard. It's I don't th I don't think people give enough credit to people who who do that regularly because mm. it's it's difficult. And and more recently, I've definitely considered if I was going to do more uh, solo music, like involving more people, because mm. it's it would be nice every once in a while just to like get in front of a mic and like sing a song or whatever and just like and let everything else yeah. happen on somebody else's and like and maybe be involved and like collaborate but like not have to be a one-man band all the time same yeah. thing with youtube like i shoot everything myself i have no help i don't <laughs> I, you know i don't i don't have anybody out there holding the camera or anything so everything's like set up a tripod i have to bring two tripods with me all the time <laughs> i have to bring three camera bodies with me all the time like it's like it's a lot you, um, and it takes a lot of extra time, but have you ever thought about hiring somebody to do to help yeah, out? And, yeah, and there have been a couple of times where like I just reached out on Instagram just to kind of test it out and like traded some like gear that I wasn't using anymore <laughs> to like to have somebody come out and, and help. And it was it was cool. It was a cool experience, but I haven't I haven't been able to take the take the plunge to like fully hire someone or or fully trust someone mm -hmm. to like do the job that I want them to do. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And like I do because I, I work in that way where like I am like on a deadline and I have to do it all last minute that doesn't work with like working with other people yeah <laughs> that's that's not a very that's not a very team friendly way to work so i'd have to i'd have to sort out some of my own stuff before that would even make sense mm. um one thing that i have done recently is uh, i've got some help with the the brand marketing um integrations and and sponsorship sides of things Cool. So some of the work that I don't necessarily want to do or like to do, that's the first stuff that I want to like hire out to somebody else. I like filming. I like editing. I like all that stuff. Like everybody talks about like hiring an editor. I don't want to hire an editor, <laughs> an editor because that's one of my favorite parts of the process. Mm. And that's one of the pro parts of the process that I think makes my videos feel like me. Mm -hmm. And so what I do want to do is hire somebody or or have in this case, like have somebody help me out with uh, answering my emails and, and corresponding with brands when mm. I'm busy making videos kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, cool. yeah, it's, it's eventually, I think I'll need a, I'll need a bit more of a team, but for now I'm doing pretty much everything myself. Yeah. If you ever need any more help, I am down. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I reached out to you and, and had you made, make that, uh, the, the playlist list for me that I never did anything <laughs> with, but yeah. yeah, you those... got paid. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, those, like... it's there somewhere. I still have that list somewhere. It was the most organized I've ever been with like yeah. an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Every single one of your videos were on there. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier to do things like that for other people than it is to do for yourself, isn't yeah, it? Like definitely. if somebody asks you to be organized for them, 
no problem. Sure. Like if somebody asks you to clean something up for them, no problem. But like, as soon as it's for yourself, it's like a totally different thing. It's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what that is. That's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that was a whole long tangent of we didn't we never answered did we did we answer that i, I said kind i wanted of. to make an album oh, yeah. okay other yeah artists other artists have made albums and i haven't so <laughs> <laughs> i've made i've made lots of albums for other people right. uh, like yeah, yeah. you know the one of the most recent ones was uh i i got nominated for a juno a Ooh. couple of years ago for uh, a children's album <laughs> that i co-produced and co-wrote and stuff like that and uh we just released another one that uh is, is it was a lot of fun to work on and i'm like was really heavily so that's probably the closest that i've come to <laughs> releasing like a, a solo album yeah um but uh or like a collaborative album or whatever but yeah yeah, yeah. well i hope that Someday. happens soon maybe yeah yeah <laughs> it's it'll it'll happen eventually like I eventually. Said, there's lots of time the nice the nice thing about music is that there's no like age limit to when you can do it so as long as i don't like accidentally like break all my fingers or something like that Oof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Uh, just like one more thing, like Resonate Studios, is that like, did you f start that or is that like something yeah. that you joined? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> one of the founders of, of Resonate. Yeah. So it's myself, my wife and, and our business partner that started Resonate. Awesome. Um, I met my, uh, my business partner, Mike, uh, when I was running another studio in St. Albert. Uh, and he was taking he was taking lessons from me, like studio oh. les recording lessons, and uh, and eventually we we became friends and and decided later on after after a couple of years there decided that starting a, a music school uh, with a recording studio in it that I could run the recording studio would be a cool idea. And mm -hmm. uh, my wife has has a lot of management experience and and is also a, a musician and and was going to musical theater school at the time. And so she came on as the, the manager of the school. So the three of us <laughs> built the thing from the ground up. Nice. That's, yeah. I think that's like a really smart move of merging the, the lessons and the recording studio. Cause yeah, it was really cool. I don't know of any other place that does that. <laughs> no, I've, I had never heard of, I think there maybe are a couple now that, that have a little bit of that kind of merging going on, but it was a really cool thing. And, and even from a music student standpoint, it was something that was really unique in that you got what, what every three months you get a free hour of studio time to like, Ooh. if you're working on Mary had a little lamb, you get to come in and record it and hear what you sound like in a, in a real studio. And like, it's a part of the process that's a really important part of the process. Recording your music as you learn is it's something so that different. eventually, yeah, eventually, you know, you're probably going to do, but most musicians don't get the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. um, it's like you, you play a bunch of music, you practice a bunch, you do a bunch of concerts, and then like maybe later in life, like you'll, you'll get the opportunity to go into a recording studio. But like, we're talking about taking like, five-year-olds into a professional <laughs> recording studio and them getting to record whatever they're working on and get to see what that process looks like and get used to that so mm. hopefully we made some cool recording artists uh you know <laughs> later in life for the ones who for the ones who stick with it and, yeah you know they've, they've got more experience than i think most people do as, they, as they go through their their musical career yeah i've been all of my stuff is recorded home in like right here in this little studio but like that i think i've kind of because i started recording a lot more since the pandemic and i've like been trying to 
figure out how to be more creative and stuff. And so like recording and playing with other people and all that is so different. It's like a whole other art form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 pretty wild and like and yeah, like even just like the difference between like doing your own layering and stuff like that and then like having to uh communicate with other people in the studio even if you're not like playing with them at the same time. Mm. It's it's such a different thing to try and get across your your ideas to them. Like if it's your song and you let's say hire a drummer trying to get across your ideas to that drummer and like have it actually come out the way that you, you yeah. thought it would is such a such a talent i mean that's essentially that's what a producer does mm -hmm. they're like a they're like a translator between an artist <laughs> and and musicians kind of thing or or between the artist and the recording engineer yeah um and that's why i end up producing a lot of my own stuff instead of hiring people is because <laughs> i i know i play enough instruments and i know what i want so i just do it myself yeah <laughs> it's uh, so much easier yeah i mean it's it's easier <laughs> in one way and harder in the other because yeah you're just like you're so tired from playing every instrument and, and from having to like having to, you know, wear all those hats. Yeah, I sent my latest track to a friend to get it mastered. It's definitely different from everything I've ever put out. <laughs> yeah, been Were interesting. They mixing it or ma just mastering it. Did this thing that he said is called stem mastering. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. like still a little bit of mixing. Yeah, for the most part, I mixed it produced it and then sent it off very exciting i think we're seeing we're seeing a lot more of that nowadays uh with lots of people doing like kind of more at home work like stem mm -hmm. mastering or or like even like shared mixing you get it to where you think it's like mixed and then like a mix engineer kind of takes it the last 20 percent of the way or something like that like somebody with yeah. a little more experience or whatever yeah. yeah yeah i get i get a lot of stems that are half mixed really now. <laughs> kind of thing yeah like we're like if if they had like a specific delay or a reverb or something mm. that they like they'll leave it on there whereas like back in the day like if you sent stuff to a mix engineer like it was dry yeah and if you wanted a reverb on that track you told them you wanted a reverb on that track and then like they would kind of take it from there mm -hmm. uh, and use their expertise but now nowadays there's like people get really specific with the sounds that they want and yeah and we see a lot a lot more of that where uh, I'll, I'll even get people to send me mixed and dry stems and if like if i feel like you know that that reverb that they used was a cool effect i'll, I'll leave that one in there and if i if i want to use that as a reference and then add my own reverb because i think i have one that like fits the track better or something like that then yeah yeah it's cool, cool. It can, that it can be such a collaborative thing between the artist and the uh or the producer and the and the mix engineer nowadays yeah it's a lot oh, the though. internet oh the internet <laughs> yeah thanks to the internet we could have this chat though absolutely yeah, yeah. once i figured out my technical difficulties <laughs> it happens yeah <laughs> i'm gonna blame focus right on this one yeah yeah i would say that's fair <laughs> this video is sponsored by focus right if only which i didn't end up using <laughs> <laughs> yeah me neither i've got mine sitting right there <laughs> yeah 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 Thanks so much for coming on. Of course, yeah. Thanks for thanks for asking me. Thanks for having me. And where can people find you? Yeah, I'm pretty much done. Did it everywhere. D u n n a d i d i t. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and donadidit.com. Uh, and if they want to check out my NFTs, uh, I'm on Foundation. That's Foundation.com, I think. Foundation.app. Oh. Slash Donadidit. <laughs> 
I'll have to figure out what that is, and you can put it in a, a description or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But yeah, Tuna did it everywhere. Sweet. Sweet.